right, good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman, and as always with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are P.S. This is awesome. We're a PlayStation podcast. This is episode 245, and this is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. But before we get on with the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash P.S. This is awesome. Visit us on Twitter at P.S. This is awesome. If you want to make fun of our trophy list on the PSN, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81 and Mr. Jake Peters at jakesaw01. As always, you can write the show at pstisisawesome at gmail.com. And most importantly, don't forget to share the show with your friends. And make sure you leave comments and rate our podcast as you see fit. And as a reminder, this is a video podcast, so you can watch us do the show over on our YouTube channel. So for new and or long-time listeners, we now have a Patreon where you can support our show at $1 a month called the one and only $1 Club. You can head over to www.patreon.com slash PS. This is awesome. And you can become a $1 patron of our show and get a free die-cut vinyl sticker mailed out to you and also a shout-out. With that out of the way, Jake, how are you doing? Um, doing all right. Just uh, uh, got the yawns. Yeah, I was up late last night. I uh, I got home. I shouldn't have been, but I got home and after we played that show, and uh, dude, we had the fucking heat in the car like blasting the whole way home. Yeah, because it was chilly. Uh, but uh, got home, watched hockey game, stayed up. Um, it's. Everybody who's listened to the show for a while knows that I'm a big fan of motorcycle racing, and the MotoGP race this weekend was in Australia, which means that it started at 11 o'clock last night, Mm. which is 1 p.m. Sunday over there. So... Typically, I just I just watch it after the fact. I don't, like, you know, try to... Because the time differences are so crazy, but... It was like the game was over and the hockey game was over and I just had to wait like another 45 minutes. I wasn't really that tired. So I was like, fuck it. I'll stay up and, and watch the race live or whatever. And uh, kind of regretting it this morning because I was awake until like 1230, which wouldn't have been too late a while ago. But now it's fucking late for me to be up that late. Yeah, when you hit a certain age, it's really difficult <laughs> to push the sleeping boundary out. I... Uh... Yeah, I wanted to stay up last night and watch the new Halloween Ends movie. And uh, I got home, unloaded all my gear, and uh, I went down and I worked a little bit. I checked my – I had a big uh, dire gargoyle printing in my 3D printer. Make sure that was a success, and it was. And I got down here, and I got a little distracted, and I started messing around. I did some podcast notes and stuff you know, for today's show. And by the time I went upstairs, I got really, really hungry. We had some leftover pizza. I ate that. And I just laid on the couch and I passed out. And that was it. And it was probably like 9 o'clock. And I was out. Just gone for the whole entire night. And like all I wanted to do was watch Halloween Ends. And I couldn't I couldn't will myself to stay up any later. I don't know. It, stuff definitely catches up with you. But you must have been colder than me though because I, I, I was layered up. I think I had two shirts on, a hoodie, and a jacket. But uh, and I didn't take any of it off the entire time, so I just left it all on because I just uh, I don't like playing when I'm cold. But my hands were freezing. We had an outdoor concert for the listeners. We played at uh, Allegheny College, which is a local college here. Um, but yeah, that was a fun time actually. They 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 were really nice, and I think uh, I I sent you uh, their 
whatever group of students or student body, whatever they they were doing up there, uh, that kind of orchestrated the whole event with our band and stuff. They they sent just like a clip on their YouTube channel on their story, and I sent it over to you, and I was surprised at how good it sounded. Just because outdoor shows usually. You're always wrestling with like echo or like having it be too loud or getting a right the right mix, you know. So I, I was surprised how how nice we had it dialed in because uh, I don't know. Anyways, it was good. So yeah, um, I haven't been doing anything this week, man. I just uh, I don't I don't even know what I've done. I did pressure wash my house recently. That was in the middle of the week last week, I think, and. Uh, just been busy with work. I yeah. I don't know. There's not. I'm just. I'm just uh, patiently awaiting some new game releases. Um, mm, so mm-hmm. just painting and just uh, waiting for some new games to drop. So with that out of the way, let's talk about what we're playing, Jake. As we always do every show. Um, I uh, I just popped a few more trophies on Darkest Dungeon. To be honest, there's some really easy ones I'm going to try to get. Now here's the funny thing that I. I, I guess I probably could have had this game beaten a long time ago, honestly. So, and I didn't realize <clears throat> that this is how the game worked. Well, I did, but I didn't. So, when you play this game, for anyone who's this is, this is a great October game to play. Freaking love it. Um, I, I I played it last October. I'm still playing. I just popped a trophy that was like you spent two years playing this campaign or something. Like, kept it rolling. I, I think it's like two to your in game, but it was like uh, funny because it correlated with real life but uh the you get a town crier uh in your little town your little hamlet and uh they give you there's a way to access different kind of uh i don't even know how to put it objectives right so you go through you get like five different dungeons that you can go into one is the cove one is the the grove one is blah 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 blah, blah. and each one has their own set of specific enemy types and they get harder and harder now each one has a boss when you get your characters leveled up so that they're not afraid to go in and fight the boss there are three versions of the boss and each objective that the town crier gives you is like oh defeat the siren then it's like defeat the scary siren then it's like defeat the beleaguering siren and granted when you die your your character is gone you have to recultivate new ones and that's what takes time in this game so you have to play wisely and then outside of the cove and all these different places you can go into they have a dungeon called darkest dungeon and and up until last week I had never even attempted the darkest dungeon because when you go to go in it it says you cannot turn back. So whatever char- – and it's level six. It's the highest level. Whatever characters you go in with, you're either live leaving with none or leaving with one if you beat it with one character remaining. So I was like, ah, I haven't played this game forever. I'm going to run my characters in the Darkest Dungeon. I'm going to do it. I'm going to grab some of my better ones. Just go. I don't even care at this point. I'm disconnected from all the time it's taken to get to these places. So I'm playing less cautiously. And I send my characters in. And it was a complete squad wipe. I just got wiped in the darkest dungeon. And I was like, these characters, I spent so long like specking them out and making and it was just just like boom, first try. And there's three there's three levels of the darkest dungeon. You get a trophy for each one. But I'm assuming when you get through the third level is when you get to the end of the game. 
and you don't have to kill the beleaguering siren or the blah, blah, blah war machine. But I have been trying to defeat all these bosses because when you defeat the most difficult boss, they drop a relic that's really good to equip when your character is with. And I was like, well, I'm just going to go through all these. Well, the beleaguering siren is just giving me a run for my money and you're killing my people. And then I'm just not getting to the darkest dungeon. So I'm going to bypass the siren, skip that trophy, and just try the darkest dungeon and get through it. So that's where I'm at with that game. So I popped a trophy when I got my entire squad wipe in the darkest dungeon. That's a trophy. <laughs> Forget what it was called. And you get another trophy for sending all level, like, like non-spec characters into the darkest dungeon. And I think the, the trophy is like um, lambs do a slaughter or something like that. So it's just – I don't know. It's uh, – I love this game, and speaking of it, the the second one is still in early access, Darkest Dungeon 2, and they released a new trailer for it, uh, and man, it looks rad, because the first Darkest Dungeon, while I like the animation, which is just like, it's like kind of cartoon characters, it's like, and it just cuts to like a pose, and it shows like an explosion, like you're hitting somebody. These characters in Darkest Dungeon 2 actually have full animations for their strikes and stuff. I don't know if I like it, I don't know if I dislike it. But the Darkest Dungeon 2 looks amazing, and I cannot wait for this to release on console. It better, or at the very least, on Steam and have it be Mac-supported. Uh, so, anyways, there's that, and then I'm just going to probably keep playing that until Plague Tale Requiem comes out, and I think that comes out in the 18th, so it's the 16th now. I know that some people that ordered the physical copy have already received their physical copies. And they're like, forget mm-hmm. digital, man. You can get the game three days early if you just order physical. But Who cares? Yeah, I don't care <laughs> at this point. Yeah, It would have been nice to have it over the weekend, if I'm being honest. But, I mean, eh. I am going to get this game for sure. Plague Tale Requiem looks better and better. And we have a new story about it uh, we'll get to later. But, Jake, what, what have you been playing? So I've been still playing... Um uh, Deathloop, mm. and I'm getting pretty into it. I really like this game. I think it's really good. Uh, I I guess I can understand some of the gripes that people that like traditional, we'll call them traditional arcane games, mm-hmm. might have with this. But uh, all in all, I'm really really enjoying it. I like how everything. I was worried because it's a loop game. That I was yeah. just going to be over it, but they they give they kind of give you pretty quickly. I don't want to say pretty quickly. You have to complete these like the game does a really good job of making you feel like you're progressing every time you loop, mm. and you get this infuse ability which lets you like keep weapons and stuff as you every time you loop. So it's not like you're starting from scratch every time. Mm-hmm. The only thing that stays the same really is the levels and that's kind of okay because it allows you to like learn the enemy pattern. So like if you go through this level during the let's say morning because you have to complete an objective that's specifically in the morning, you know if you've done it before that like these enemies are going to be here, these enemies are going to be here, these doors are unlocked, these doors are not and – it's like a, it's kind of a strategy, and the whole thing is is kind of, it's kind of like they have the, the objective menus kind of laid out almost like a like a detective's pegboard, where like you get all these in, this information as you listen to audio logs and and pick up notes and stuff like that, and it gives you all of these clues on how to get people in the right place at the right time so that you can 
you can basically kill all the visionaries within one loop cycle. Um, but I'm really enjoying it, so I'm kind of I'm going to keep going going on that. And then I haven't played it yet, but I installed Yakuza Like a Dragon, uh, and I was thinking that I I installed it because I want to try it using remote play on my phone. Yeah. So because it's a turn based game, I don't have to worry about lag or anything like that. So. I kind of wanted to give that a shot, but I haven't had a chance to to really dive into it yet. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I like I like that, and not a bad idea. I think that you should get the Valkyria Chronicles games and do that on your remote play. Those games are so good. <sighs> yeah, I like them. I just don't know if I. They're a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. I I I'm in, I'm, I want something a little bit more. A little less formal. Those <laughs> games are those games are pretty formal. I mean, they're like, I don't know. Fair enough. They're they're cool. I I really enjoyed what I played of oh, four great. with the demo, but uh, it's not really what I'm in the mood for right now. Oh, they're so good. Oh, and and speaking of which, let me just bring this up because we don't have a section on the the show today to talk about this. But there's a uh, there's a sale going on right now, and we had a listener write in about the Metro games. And if you haven't pulled the trigger yet on those, I believe the entire saga, one, two, and three, are on sale for twenty bucks. Uh, you can't beat that. I mean, that's a ridiculous price for those games. Um, high quality games. Anyways, uh, yeah, I don't know how they're able to sell those bundles uh, so cheap because those games are not short and they're not lacking really in fidelity like they're fantastic games so i don't know the metro games you always catch them on a good sale so last i checked they were still on sale um let's move into some feedback from our listeners um and you know there's not a lot of game related stuff but there is a couple things um one black talon wrote us on youtube and this is where having a an audience of the show pays off that's willing to communicate with you um uh, they mentioned that they saw a game called Sea Horizon, and they said that it looks similar to some of the other games that I play. So, yeah, I did look at this game. Uh, it looks like it's currently in early access from what I could tell, unless those were just the first videos that popped for it. But the gameplay, that the the battling, the fighting on the ship looked a lot like Darkest Dungeon to me. And I, and I was like, wow, you know, is this a new style of game that we're going to see more and more of? Um, thank you for this. I'm definitely uh, going to keep an eye on it. I don't know what that... I, I didn't have a lot of time to dive into it here before uh, we started the show, but I am going to keep it on my radar for sure. So one to check out if you like those style of games. Um, and, I'm, and I'm only guessing that you meant Sea Horizon, the video game. I don't know if there's like a board game called that or anything, but... The, what I found was a was a video game. So, and then we did get a contribution uh, for our special Halloween episode that'll be forthcoming at the end of this month. Um, we're going to each pick our top five horror games and talk about them. So, thank you to Sean who gave us his top five as well as a review of the Evil Within Two for the show that we're going to read on the show. It's, he put a lot of time into this, and, I, and he didn't have to do this, but. We should maybe just save it for the episode. Well, that's what we're going to do. Yeah, we'll save it for the Halloween episode. But he did it two different ways, and I guess this will be up to us to decide. He reviewed it as if – as a a standalone game, and then he reviewed it in the frame like the the, of of it being a sequel to The Evil Within 1. 
So he compared and contrasted on the one interv- uh, review, and then he just kind of broke it down as a standalone on the other one. So, and they're, it's, they're both, I mean, it'd be too much to do both. They're a little lengthy, but we're definitely going to read one of them because he put a lot of time into it. And uh, I really sure. appreciate the contribution, man. Uh, save us a little bit of work. So thank you. Um, so we have that to look forward to. And then uh, lastly, we did have a user write in and ask me about 3D printing. Um, so I was able to communicate back with them a little bit. So, yeah, keep the comments coming. We love them. Um, it doesn't have to be video game related. We're more likely to probably respond if it's video game related. Uh, but, yeah, as our audience is, is slowly increasing and growing, we appreciate all the feedback. So you can you can send us an email, too, like we said at the beginning of the show, awesome at gmail.com, or just hit us up on our Patreon if you're a member or uh, – Shoot us a YouTube comment, and we will we will get back. And then before we get on to the news, uh, the PlayStation game of the month, the PS Plus game that we still need to play and talk about on our final episode for the month is Hot Wheels Unleashed. So every month we pick a game that was on the PS Plus Essentials release for that month. We pick it. We discuss about it uh, at the end of the month, and you guys can play along with us. So the game, again, is Hot Wheels Unleashed. So get your download in. And I'm actually kind of excited to play this game. Um, I heard that it's way better than uh, the Need for Speed game or whatever. I don't know. So I'm excited to try it. I haven't even downloaded Oh No, I take it back. It is downloaded. I just haven't booted it up. So maybe I'll play that until Plague Tale comes out. So I've got a few days to try out Hot Wheels. And if I really like it, who knows? But all right. Well, anyways, we need to move forward. And we haven't done one of these in a while. And uh, for listeners who have been with us for a while know that jake and i like to do playstation quizzes and push square have not had one up for a while we get a lot of our news sources from their website uh, news stories from their website rather and they post these general knowledge quizzes and jake and i have never 100 percented any of them um we always get really close i think the best we've done was like maybe miss two but uh man i does this a is this a new one it's a new one. It's got to be. Um, I feel like we've been asked this question before, but let's just hop right to it. Let's hop right to it. So this is issue 20 uh, on Push Square, uh, the quiz, and you can go there and take it yourself, but we're just going to do it right now. So it is a picture of Rayman, and it says, which company developed the original Rayman on PS1? Is it Crystal Ubisoft. Dynamics, Electronic Arts, <laughs> Ubisoft, or Cynosis? It's Ubisoft. You're certain? Because I don't know this. I should know Yeah. It. All right. Good job, Jake. All right. What kind of games are the Tukaden titles? Are they asymmetric multiplayer games? Are they action RPGs? Are they visual novels? Or are they MMORPGs? If I had uh, to guess, it's probably a visual novel. No, they're action RPGs. <laughs> How do you know that? I've never even heard of them. I I don't know. I I don't really know that much about them, but I don't remember <laughs> them being something like a visual novel. Well, that was really big for a while on the Vita and stuff. There were tons of visual novel games. I never heard of Tekuden or whatever the heck they called it. So we're two for two, all because of Jake. Now, I am the most uh, transparent person. I'll tell you when I don't know something, and I don't know a lot about a lot of these questions. So in Final Fantasy VII Remake, who's the first party member to join Cloud? Is it Barrett, Tifa, Jesse, or Sephiroth? It's definitely not Sephiroth. Um, I want to say it's... Ooh, 
I know Barrett is well. Actually, I don't know because all I played was the demo where you already had the squad. I haven't played seven in a, since it came out. The original. I haven't played the remake yet. Jake, who is it? It's Barrett. Is it Barrett? <clears throat> yeah. All right. Good job. And what city is Watch Dogs Legion set in? Now, let me just before we get into the actual question. Was this game any good? Because it's always on sale for like ten bucks. It it kind of released, and I don't remember anyone actually talking about it. So I don't know. I don't know if it's good or not. I've never played the second one. I really like the first Watch Dogs. I think the second one is a continuation of the first, but the third one's its own thing. Um, I know it was not Vegas. I don't believe it was Paris. I want to. I want to say it was London. But mm. I'm not certain. It's London. All right. London it is. Correct. Three for three. For four for four. In God of War 2018, what was the name that Atreus's mother went by? Was it Freya, Faye, Hypatia, or Helen? Well, it's not Hypatia or Helen. So it's either Faye or Freya. One of the, I think they're both in the game. I think one... I think it's Freya. Freya. I think both of those names come up in the game. I'm not certain, but I, I want to say Freya is correct, but I also think that Faye is right. So do you have a preference over one or the other? Nope. I don't know which one it is. Freya sounds. It's probably wrong, dude. I'm so bad. I'm going to go Faye because my guesses are always wrong. So I, I want to pick Freya, but I'm going Faye because I'm always wrong. Yes! Faye, Faye, Faye is correct. <laughs> oh, man. I cheesed the system there. Did a little reverse, reverse the curse. All right. Five for five. Question six. Which of these PS3 exclusive games released first? Little Big Planet 2, Kill Zone 3, Twisted Metal, or Resistance 3? Probably Twisted Metal, right? Um, I don't know. I feel like Twisted Metal was later. Like, I feel like I remember it. Little Big Planet too. Then, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. All right, Little Big Planet two. We're gonna go for that. Correct. Oh, buddy, dude, I don't want to jinx us. Six of fifteen down. Question 7 of 15. Which Spyro game introduced skateboarding? Was it Spyro Year of the Dragon, Spyro the Dragon, Spyro 2 Ripto's Rage, or Spyro Enter the Dragonfly? I don't remember ever skateboarding in Spyro, so I have no idea. First of all, is there a Year of the Dragon and Spyro the Dragon, or is there a red herring there? I I don't think that they would put put something like that down. Why would they have a but, game called Year of the Dragon and then a game called Spyro the Dragon? That's so silly. Well, Spyro the Dragon was the first game. Okay. That was just what it was called. And then Spyro colon Year of the Dragon was Ent- like the third or fourth game. Enter the Dragonfly. I bet you it's Enter the Dragonfly. But something tells me... I don't know. I, I have no clue. We, Jake, I'm going to let you take an educated guess on this. I'm pretty sure it's not the first one. And I <clears throat> don't remember seeing it in the second one, but that doesn't mean that it didn't exist in Ripto's there. Ripto's Rage might be right. 
So, well, that's Spyro 2. Oh, so it's not that so, one. So I'm going to say it's probably either Enter the Dragonfly or Year of the Dragon. Let's go Enter the Dragonfly. Because I've got a good, good... There's no way this is right. Nope. Damn it, it's Year of the Dragon. I should have done... Ah, we missed one. I'm sorry. How many units did the PS2 end up selling... 155 million, 200 million, 85 million, or 110 million units. It's 100, 155. He's very sure of that answer. I'm just going to click it. Good job. Uh, I don't know how you know me. some of this stuff. In Persona 5, the confidence system is portrayed through types of crystals, the Chinese zodiac, star signs, or tarot cards. The confident system is probably star signs. Um, I've never played Persona 5, though. Confidant. Oh, sorry. I'm not confident. Conf- <laughs> the confident. Confidant is what it says, yes. I was sorry. like, you read that. I was like, I don't know what this is. Sorry, I misread that. Um, early. We're recording this early. I think it's tarot cards. Let's do it. Correct. This is re- it's, re- it's really embarrassing because I've, I've played, played that game through twice, which means I played like... Oh, 180 hours of fucking persona Dude, I, I would do nothing but sabotage because the very first thing I said was I'm sure it's not tarot cards <laughs> it was <laughs> yeah man I apologize I don't know these I want to say games. star science was one of the other ones maybe four or something like that I can't remember alright so we got a guy standing with like some sort of flute in his hand uh, he looks pretty bene- benevolent he's got like a, a jester outfit on almost in a way pointed shoes. They want to know who the character is from Dragon Quest Eleven. Is his name Vince Silvando, Hendrick, or Eric? I mean, I want to say Silvando. <laughs> he looks like a, he looks like a Hendrick <laughs> or a Silvando because I never played it. You think it's Silvando? Sure. Yes. Mm. Got one. All right, I'm winning back some uh, some faith. What does ARS stand for in Platinum Games' action shooter Vanquish? Is it active reload suit, attack reading suit, augmented reaction suit, or the action replay suit? It's probably active reload suit or attack reading suit. I don't know. Well, it's probably honestly the augmented reaction I, suit. I was going to say, <laughs> I think that it's the augmented reaction suit because that's a very like. It sounds right. It's like a it's like something that a, a Japanese game would come up with as like a yeah uh, an acronym. It's got to be now the picture they show you. Now I didn't I don't pick up on these things very often, but it's very on the nose. Like the colors they're using in the screen grab are Sony colors. Like there's a little bit of pink in the scope, the blue, the green for the the green button on the control triangle is green. Maybe I don't remember. Anyways, augmented reaction suit. It is correct. We've only missed. Two or one? Question 12 of 15. Which of these PS2 games has the highest highest average critic score in Metacritic? Silent Hill 2, Devil May Cry, Shadow of the Colossus, or Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty? Which game has the highest average critic score on Metacritic out of those four? It, it's got to either be Metal Gear Solid 2 or Shadow of the Colossus. It's probably Shadow, dude. No one craps on that game. Well, there's not a sequel. Yeah. So, like for Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid Two, I bet you when three or four came out, the reviews for two either went up or went down. Like, there's only one shot of Colossus. That score is going to stay steady. That's my argument. I I guess, but 
Metal Gear Solid 2 was fucking huge when it came out. So I I don't know. Because it was Well, let's so... do Metal Gear then because I'm usually wrong. You're right. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, this is why my SAT scores were terrible. All right. Which of these is not a real game included in the Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney trilogy? Oh, yeah. I know this game. Phoenix Wright Justice for All. Phoenix Wright Trials and Tribulations, Phoenix Wright Case Closed, or Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney. It's not Ace Attorney. There's no way because that's the name of the trilogy. Well, it's probably Justice for All. I have no idea. I've never, I've never played a single one of these games. Well, neither have so I. Was I'm just kidding. Sure. Um, it's, it's actually Trials and Tribulations is probably not right. Um. Justice for All is a very judge thing. Ace Attorney is the title of the trilogy. And Case Closed. Well, Case Closed is more like what a cop would say, right? You don't close a case in court. Yeah, you do. You adjourn them. What? You smack the gavel down. I think you're splitting hairs. I'm going Case Closed. Okay. Got it. Boom. Is it really? Yep. (laughs) That's funny. All right. What year does Deus Ex Human Revolution take place? 2077, 2040, 2027, or 2101? I want to say it's 2040, but I don't know. It's definitely not 2077. That's a red herring. That's cyberpunk. That's all you. I, I, I played this game for like – I guess I played it for – Three or four hours, mm-hmm. five hours. I don't know. I, I, I fell off on it, though. Yeah, I beat it. Um, I'm going to go 2040. Nope, 2027. That doesn't seem right, though, because like we're pretty close to that, and we're nowhere near what this game was. Um, I hate it when sci-fi does that. If you're going to pick something in the future, just make it hundreds of years out. Because I think that's like that's like the the cyberpunk thing, though. Like, is this game, even though it's not like... Big C cyberpunk. Yeah. It is still like cyberpunk in style. So in theme, I guess. Mm. So like part of that is just that, you know, that, that whole philosophy was invented in like the seventies and eighties. So people thought we would be a lot farther along than we are by now. Yeah. This but, next, anyway. Yeah. This next one is the last one. This is question fifteen of fifteen. I hope the listeners are enjoying these quizzes. I love doing them. Um, so it's a picture of all these different PlayStation Home characters, and it says, "Which of these statements about PlayStation Home is true?" PlayStation Home had no loading screens. PlayStation Home never left its beta phase. PlayStation Home could be played using a mobile device, or PlayStation Home users could trade PS3 games with each other. There's no way it's that, right? They couldn't let you play. I don't think so. I mean, that that's the answer, right? You think? That's not true. No, it's, it's asking which statement is true. Oh, I was saying which one wasn't true. All right, so yeah, so we agree on that. That is not correct. Um, I don't believe you could use a mobile device to play it. Um, I think it never left its beta phase. That is... Probably right, because I have a hard time believing that a PS3 game like that didn't have any loading screens. All right. So, go for it. Correct. Dude, we only missed two questions. That was fantastic. 
Good job on the quiz today, Jake. I think we did a good job. You carried a lot of the weight there, but I did get us some nice little uh, unexpected correct answers. So how about we jump right into the news this week for PlayStation, and we are recording this on October the 16th, I believe. Yeah. So first thing that was interesting, games leak, hardware leaks, release dates leak, announcement dates leak, but this is the first time I've ever read a leak about a manual leaking. (laughs) So the PSVR2 manuals are being printed in advance because they would have to go along with the box and get sent out um, for the launch of the hardware. The details of the PSVR2 manual is leaking online. And this is such a strange one. Apparently, though, the big takeaway here is that the the dev kit for the VR2 headset is 70 grams heavier than the VR2 that they're actually putting in the box and and selling to us. And that shakes out to be 0.15 or 15% of a single pound in weight. So it's causing a big stir that the headset is noticeably lighter. Um I don't know if 15% of a pound or uh, 0.15 pounds is something I would notice, but I guess if it's on your head. And first off, how do they know that it's even going to be noticeable if no one has the unit in hand, right? Maybe they're just saying that that seems like it's a lot of weight to shed. I don't know. Like, is it? That's weird. Uh, It depends on how it's balanced on you because – if if uh, if it's in like a weird spot where it's got some kind of like leverage on the way that your head balances, then it could very well make a difference. But you would only know if you had both of them on <laughs> at the same I mean, time. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like not at the same time, but if you tried one <laughs> then the other, like which we're which we're well, never going to see. So. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think it's going to be a problem. It sounds like some sort of archaic like experiment before people had scales. Like, how do we figure out? You put one on each person, ask them what, what, what one feels heavier, have them describe how it feels, right? Like some sort of weird thing. I think it's a moot point. I don't think it really matters. I guess it matters if they're pulling components out or if they're doing something. I don't know. I mean, that's, that's not so heavy that like – are they just using a different part? Are they using different plastic? Are they, what are they doing? It's weird. They, moving a knob hmm. i don't know it's strange could it just be a misprint it that they, i mean it could just it could also be that there is a bit of a um some kind of a widget in there for the debug yeah that isn't needed for the regular unit right right and it could be a manual so, misprint. how do you know yeah who knows i mean that's a weird thing to pick up on but it's it's in the news and i i thought it was a really strange one um, let's get to the next news point. I don't really have anything else to say about that except, uh, you know, that's a thing that's happening right now. Um, for anyone who's excited about Gotham Knights, um, this is making its way around the Internet as far as news. Um, and uh, people aren't happy about this. And the, the situation goes, well, we know that they're not releasing it on PS4. Um, so the PS5 version, though, has been announced, is only going to run at 30 frames per second. 
And the explanation that was given is that because there's a seamless untethered co-op in such a detailed open world, it isn't as easy as just throttling resolution to give you an option to bring up the frame rate. Um, now, Jake, I don't know much about this aspect mm. of developing, um, you know, but does it bother anybody? Yeah, it does. Because I, I was reading today that people were like, canceled my pre-order. You know, it's not acceptable. And then I guess the, the follow-up question is, is 60 frames per second at this point in gaming history, because we are making history right now, is this the new standard? And if it is, what does it say about the way that this game now is going to sell? And the importance of having a game be able to run at 60 frames per second, or at least give a fidelity verse, you know, whatever mode, graphic mode. Like, what what does that say? Should every game come with this? Is this a big deal? Some people said that the fact that it had to release on Xbox is the reason it's actually running at 30 frames per second because the, the their system couldn't handle it at 60. I don't know what the truth is, but mm-hmm. I mean, it brings a bigger question. I think is it running at is it running at 30 always yes. or only when you're multiplayer? No, I think it's 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 from what I understand they they said there was no way to get it to run at 60. Mm. See, to me that that. It sounds super, like, I don't know if entitled is the right word to say that, like, it's kind of unacceptable at this point. But I can tell you, I would say that if that's how they want to release it, then by all means, fucking release it that way. Sure. But I can I can tell you that at this point in my particular my particular gaming taste would preclude me from wanting to play a game that was only running at 30 frames per second. I would not want to play this game if it was only running at 30 frames. It, you could probably get used to it after an hour or so, and then you really probably wouldn't notice it at all, I'm guessing. But the thing is, is that 60 frames just feels so much better that when you go from a game if you're playing two games at once and this game is one of them and the other game plays at 60 frames a second it's going to feel like it's slogging every time you go back to it yeah so yeah i mean the only way that i could play a game at 30 frames anymore would be if i dedicated all of my time to playing that and i played nothing else so i had no like black and white ab comparison so this is a real bummer cuz i think that it's going to it's gonna. I, I don't think it's gonna make like this enormous impact on the way that the game sells or anything like that. I don't think that most people really give a shit. But I think in the hardcore community, it's gonna be people aren't gonna like it. I don't think. I think they're subjecting themselves now to getting review bombed, which sucks. And I think that something like this. I mean, I'm gonna play devil's advocate for a minute, and I don't even know that it. That's a great way of even. Posing it because what I'm about to say is true. Every Naughty Dog game, when it's released, has ran at 30 frames per second because they've always maximized the potential of the system to make their games like graphically amazing. And usually, you don't ever see them striking a, uh, I don't know, a, any kind of bargain or, you know, they usually don't seem to back down on that. And I think they could have made their games run at 60. Even The Last of Us Part Two, obviously it came out on PS4, um, but uh, you know that that game, uh, you know, ran at 
30, and I think the only way they were able to get it to run at 60 was to play it on the PS5. And I'm not even sure that it does. I know the first Last of Us does part one might. But here's the question. Studios like when Horizon Forbidden West came out, I played it at 30 frames per second. And then I switched it and then I never went back. Right? I switched it and I did go back. Sorry. And then I eventually switched it to the the better. Because I couldn't tell that much of a difference in the graphic fidelity. And I'd rather have a smoother game than have a game look amazing. And it still looked amazing. But I wonder with a company like Naughty Dog, if they're going to um, make these concessions or if they're just going to be like, you want to play our game the way we want it? We're going to put it out 30 frames per second because this is the best version of the game, in our opinion, that you can have. So... It makes me wonder with big big tier studios, you know, like so if 60 is the new benchmark that they should be hitting, does that limit what a company like Naughty Dog can do with their game release if they feel they need to hit that? I think there's a difference though between a game like Gotham Knights and a game like The Last of Us. The Last of Us is already such a cinematic experience that having the game run at 30 frames this is gonna sound super pretentious <laughs> but like it almost benefits a game like that because the you know you don't want the frame rate to be too high whenever you're watching a movie for example it starts to look fake if it looks weird you get that soap opera effect like it, it just it doesn't look right when you're so the Last of Us is so similar to like a movie that I can understand because I've even – I think I was reading or watching an interview with Todd Howard when he was talking about frame rate in video games. And he said that whenever he plays video games that are super cinematic and super narrative heavy, he prefers to play them in these the higher fidelity, lower frame rate modes because of the way that it just comes across. Yeah. So I can understand that for sure. I just don't know that I would – it's just one of those things where like, yeah, it looks better in the cutscenes and all that stuff. But when it comes down to the, the fucking combat and shit like that, I, I want it to be as, as, as uh, responsive as possible. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Ulti- like I said, ultimately I don't think this is going to be a huge deal for Gotham Knights. I think the game is hopefully still going to sell really well for them because I think it's a really cool idea, so I want it to be successful. Uh, but I I don't know. It's weird because there's also like different flavors of 30 frames per second. So it could be that it's 30 frames a second and it feels okay because some games, because of the way they play, they control kind of heavy and everything like that. It's not really that big of a deal, but other games that are really fast paced and stuff, you know, you really don't want them to be that slow. So I don't know. I guess we'll just have to see when it comes out, if it really even makes a difference. Yeah. But I I do think that, you know, the entitlement thing that you said, like, I, I don't know if you're talking about gamers in general or just maybe your opinion, but I think that we as gamers are so spoiled. We're just so spoiled. Like, I mean, growing up through the whole thing, you know, starting with Atari, like, dude, like, what we have now, 
I don't know. If you want to throw a fit about 30 versus 60, go for it. I mean, but I think ultimately what it boils down to is, is does it ruin the game? Does it serve the game? Does it hurt the game? Does it make the game better maybe in some situations? I think that's all that matters. And if you don't feel the absence of the 60 frame per second as you're playing the game, then no harm, no foul, right? If you don't feel it, you don't. But like you said, if you're jumping between a 60 frames per second game and then jumping into Gotham Knights at 30, then it's going to feel, it's just going to inherently feel sluggish probably. Um, and that's just the tr- that's the trick of it, right? That's it's almost like that thing where you take your arms and you stand in a doorway and you push you push against the doorway and then you walk out of the doorway and your arms just want to go like this, right? It's it's just, I don't know if you've ever done that, but it's a thing. So you get in the doorway and you push your arms. I, out. I, I know what you're talking yeah, yeah. about. I don't understand how it applies. Well, the connection is is that about. your arms <laughs> your arms aren't really. They don't need to do that, right? But they feel the need to because they're like, oh, I'm still pushing or still. It's like this perceived thing about motion, right? I guess is where I'm tying that in. It, there's this weird perceived thing. And like if, if, you don't, if you don't stand in the doorway, then your arms don't rise and your arms are normal, right? But we're standing in the doorway with these 60 frame per second games and we expect this to be happening all the time. Um, and it's not. Yeah, okay. It's not. It's not. That's gonna, fair. Yeah. I mean, that's that's not one of your better analogies <laughs> I, or metaphors. I'm very bad at na- analogies <laughs> and metaphors. Um, believe it or not, I'm not very good at them, despite being a songwriter. Uh, but I'm just thinking, like it's it's just this perceived thing, and I don't know. Yeah. I I don't care. Yeah, no, I I get it. I I would say that like if the world were to change tomorrow and every single game that was released was doing 30 frames again, I don't think that like after the first few months i don't think it would be a it would be a news item anymore like people would just be used to it again but the problem is is that there is such a huge leap in feel between 30 and 60 frames that now that most of the games that come out are 60 frames when one jumps back it just feels so much worse so but i don't know kind of talking around circles about it at this point but i think i've got a better analogy uh, go ahead I think that it'll be. I think that it'll be fine, but we'll have to wait until the game comes out and see how people really. I'm not really concerned about the review bombing thing so much as the what the critics actually have to say about it. it could definitely if they say that sales. the 30 frames. If they th- if they say that the 30 frames really affects the the way that the game plays, then okay, then I guess maybe it's a problem. But if it's just if they're like it's an issue but it's not that big of a deal then that's cool because you know what it's going to be is it's just going to come out and it's like the user score is going to be like a fucking 0.2 right. because yeah. because people are going to basically just give it a user rating of a 0 because they're dicks so <laughs> even though the game might actually be good other than the fact that it's 30 frames right My, just a follow up analogy it's like having nutmeg in your pancake batter versus not having nutmeg in your pancake batter once you've had it you can't go back <laughs> assuming people like nutmeg or are Everybody wildly allergic frames. to it you know nutmeg is actually a poison did you know that taken in high then, quantities you can kill yourself don't do it listeners why don't why don't we fucking put it in everything then <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm, uh, we got to move forward, man. We got to keep this rolling. Uh, I, that is a cool fact about nutmeg, though. I learned recently because I really like it. Um, I was trying to figure out what it is. Uh, Dead Space the remake is well on its way. 
Um, but the interesting news that now is coming out, it's going to be revised in certain ways. And now I've never played the original, and this isn't a spoiler, but there were some spoilers in this a little bit. I'm not going to talk about that, but the article I read tells you maybe how you come onto your weapon and stuff. But uh, according to Push Square, instead of individual localized spaces, I think it's pronounced the Ishimura, uh, mm-hmm. is going to be an entirely connected place, allowing you to return back to places you've been before. Um, and to do so, you have to have the correct security clearances. I guess you couldn't do that in the original game. So they've created additional spaces so the whole thing is actually uh, a ship instead of places that you play and then it just feels like a ship. It actually is one digitally. Um, and apparently in the zero-G areas, instead of flying on rails and jumping from point to point, um, you actually can have free movement um, and fly wherever you choose, apparently, on those sections. And they said that it's going to make combat pretty interesting and wild um, as you're flying through the air. But uh, I guess that'll be fine if the controls aren't janky. So two little updates on the dead make. Uh, Dead Space, Dead Make, that's a great name for for anything. Um, don't take it, listeners. I'm going to copyright it. Dead Space uh, Remake is, uh, yeah, I- interesting. I didn't realize they were going to actually uh, create some new content, apparently, in it. Little things like this. That's cool. I this is These are the types of changes with remakes that I think are really neat. I I don't think that it's, they're, it's probably not going to be as... The the zero gravity thing is going to affect the way that the game plays a little bit, but I wouldn't be surprised. Cause so the way that the game works generally is that whenever you move along, when we go from one place to another, you get on like this tram, and then it goes to the next area, yeah. right? But what does it really mean if like they just allow you to be able to walk through a hallway to get to that area? Now everything's connected. Do you know what I mean? I'm not saying it's going to be that simple, but um, and maybe they are going to add a lot of area to walk around in the game or whatever. And maybe they're going to get rid of the trams altogether. I have no idea, but uh, it it is cool. But I don't know how much of a difference it's going to make. It just sounds like quality life improvements, really. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, it, but I mean, I've been, there have been tons of gameplay, like preview footage and stuff on online recently for this game, and it looks really good. It comes out, I think, in January, so it's pretty exciting yeah. to see um, that it's in decent shape and it's going to be coming out soon, so I'm excited for people to play it. Did I really think Dead Make would be something awesome? Like, Dead Make. <laughs> it should be something awesome. Like, what would that be? It'd be so good. Uh, Maybe like a, I don't know, like like some sort of like, like a fucking movie or something horror. I don't know some kind of horror thing like uh, I don't know, make zombies or something. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know something. There's something to it. Um, anyways, let's move on. Um, the next news point, and I didn't even know this thing existed. Maybe you've heard of it. Maybe you haven't. It's called uh, the First Ascendant. It's being developed by Nexus. What it is is a free-to-play title, and uh, if you haven't checked this out, it looks really awesome graphically. It's using Unreal Engine 5, and it's kind of a sci-fi, Destiny, third-person-esque game. Um, Some of the battles, it's a co-op game. Some of the enemies they show or screenshots of the enemies they show are just freaking enormous Shadow of the Colossus big, and uh, 
the graphics are just absolutely superb. Um, there's a new story trailer for the game you can view now. And uh, like I mentioned before, it's a co-op game, and it's going to release on PS4 and PS5. I don't know what the anticipated release date is, is on it, but a free-to-play like this, something new to jump into if it's fun and the gameplay is good, might be worth our time to keep our eyes on. It's called The First Descendant. Have you heard anything about this game? Uh, I have not. I, it looks like it's... Oh, I'm just looking at the Steam page for it now. It hasn't come out on Steam yet either, so I, I don't know when... Uh... They just have planned release date. It just says coming soon, so I don't really know. Uh, oh yeah, I have, I have seen some stuff about this. I think we talked about this before. I don't know. It looks awesome. I think there was a. I think there was a trailer for it on in like some, some recent, uh, a showcase or something. It looks fucking dope. The just like conceptually, it looks dope. I don't know if it's gonna be. Yeah, we definitely saw something about this recently. You sure? Um, yeah, yeah. In one of the one of the more recent state of plays or, or something. I know there's Arc Raiders, and that this. looked awesome. I don't remember First Descendant. Um. Yeah, I, I feel like I recall a lot of what I'm seeing here. <laughs> it looks almost like a. It almost looks like a mix between like, um, like Outriders. And uh, maybe like a mix between Outriders and what was that stupid game that Anthem, mm. like Outriders and Anthem, but it's like really, it looks like it's pretty fast paced. I don't know. It could be really interesting. It looks, it looks awesome neat. to me. Yeah. I'm all in third person games. I love them. I love third person games. I don't know. I used to love first person games and I've just slowly moved to third person. I, something about it. I like all right. Anyways, Jake, the next news point is uh, I'm going to harken back to Plague Tale Requiem. There is a uh, video link I put in our YouTube notes here, but Lindsay Starling, very famous musician, violinist. Uh, I'm sure she didn't lend her talent to the latest trailer for Plague Tale Requiem. I'm sure they purchased her talent. But I think it's a song that either she wrote or she's covering the Plague Tale song herself. But there's a video... Um, that's all looks like it's in game um, and it's a, a digital rendering of her playing this Plague Tale song in the woods and she's like thrashing around like uh, voraciously on her violin like get really into you know all this stuff and then bam cut into parts of the game Plague Tale Requiem and it looks so cool and so awesome and uh, man uh, the trailer on her website her name's Lindsay Sterling on her YouTube site already has 117,000 views so the cross promotion apparently is working she's done a lot of uh, covers for video game music on her violin and uh, now she's featured in game for this trailer playing the violin for the Plague Tale song um, this game is doing promotion 100% correctly they didn't talk about it a million years before it came out. They started trickling out a little thing here and there within a year of release. And now we're here, and they're just pummeling us with cool new content. It's not like, oh, here's some gameplay. Oh, here's some different gameplay. Oh, here's some different gameplay. Here's a different gameplay trailer. Oh, here's, here's a story trailer. Here's some different gameplay trailer. It's like they're finding innovative ways to promote this game. And I love that. Um, they're doing it right. It makes me I think actually her. I don't think that that's a rendering. Are you sure? Just like, yeah, I think she just dressed up and went in the woods and fucking did. Well, this. good and for her. Um, it looks awesome. 
Let me go back. Yeah, to it looks it. good. It looked like a rendering with the lighting and no, stuff. No, I don't think so. Let me look. Let me I, look. I think they. I think it's just creative lighting to make it kind of like mix with the that with the scenes. That from says the game. two things. How terrible my eyesight's. Oh, it's loading. We're in trouble. I don't know where it's at. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I stopped it. Apologies. Man, that, that was coming through. We're just going to leave it. If we get copyright stricken, so be it. I don't know. What are we supposed to do with that? Um, it was playing through. I'll try to edit it out maybe. Uh, I clicked on the link, and I had my Google Drive set up. I, I went into a panic, and everyone – the listeners will hear it. It went down. I have uh, my Google my Google Notes at the bottom of my screen, and they actually go beyond what I can see. And it was down in the corner how like sometimes you open those tiny windows, and they play because they're trying not to be like interruptive. I'm looking at all my tabs, and it's not open anywhere, and I just hear the violin going, and you're talking. I'm like, oh, shit, what happened? Where'd it go? So anyways, yeah. I, I wanted to see – Yeah, I'm going to take your word for it that it is her. But it says two things. Number one, how good video game graphics are getting, and number two, how bad my eyesight's getting. <laughs> so now there's no there, – the line has been blurred. Anyways, Jake, are you going to get this game or no? Are you going to wait for reviews? Plague Tale? Uh, I – We'll just have to see how I feel when it comes out. I mean, I'll probably wait and see what people think about it. But um, I think that this game is going to be day and date on Game Pass. So there's no real barrier to entry for me to play it. So I might pick it up and try it out. Um, I I probably won't until after I'm done with Deathloop. But that might be the next thing I try. Yeah, dude. Because I, I did like the first one. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I can't wait to play it. Um, in other music meets gaming news, this is a really cool one. And I've already talked to Troy, and we're going to make a submission for this if we can get it together. Um, just he and I. Uh, so CD Projekt Red are accepting music submissions from the community for music for a new radio station that's going to be created called Growl FM. They're, they're accepting 12 to 15 user-submitted tracks. And it can be any style of music, and the songs have to be between two and three minutes apiece, and it has to be completely original. So Troy and I are going to write this really metal-sounding, rad song and submit it to CD Projekt Red and see if they'll take our song, if we can get win. Mm-hmm. You win 3000 bucks, which is cool, but uh, you also get your song in a video game. So we are going to do this, and I talked to Troy, and he's all uh-huh. in. So he and I are going to try to write some quite a metal, metalish, heavy song, and uh, maybe I'll get some get some growl on it too. I'll sing a little bit, um, but he said it has to be completely original. So we're going to do it. Nice. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I I like that they open this up. Now there's probably all kinds of bands and dudes that are talented that are going to submit for this thing, but um, I, I'm not comparing what Troy and I can do to refuse the the band that was featured in cyberpunk um but when signal home had a record released 
we had a little sticker on the front. You know, they do they put stickers on the front. It said for fans have refused on there. So I, I'm just saying. Uh, I wouldn't say that's an accurate uh, accurate comparison. But I think we have a chance at maybe getting a song accepted. So that's kind of fun news. I didn't realize they were doing that. And I saw that in the news points. And I got real excited last night. I was like, dude, we got to do this. He's all in. So with his ability to mix and master and get everything done right and then between the two of us writing and being powerhouses for that style of music i think we'll be good i think we'll we'll have a shot at least um and if not we'll just put the song on the podcast and you guys can listen to it when it's done <laughs> which will be awesome um all right so next news point um all right anybody unaware there's a playstation studio that's called ps studios malaysia um They've lent their expertise in recent releases such as The Last of Us Part 1 and MLB The Show 22. They mainly mainly have been focusing on asset designs. Um, however, their team is growing and they have 77 employees now. They're apparently biting off larger projects to assist with Sony titles. And they admitted their current animation team has been working on some titles that they can't speak about at the moment. And their uh, uh, – place in the business at this time seems to be very similar to visual arts team uh in san diego and visual arts are always concurrently working on up to maybe 25 titles at a time so you always hear about these unsung studios that help other studios out you know and um it's Mm -hmm. nice that sony has cultivated a team in playstation studios malaysia and they're using their i guess extremely talented animation department um working on some games I would not be surprised if we get a Kina 2 or something that's a Sony exclusive. I bet you that will happen. Anyways. I mean, the first one was a Sony exclusive, wasn't it? I don't know if it was. But I bet you we get a, I bet you we get a Kina Bridge of Spirits 2. Hmm. Maybe. I don't think that this studio is working on that. But I'm just thinking about like smaller games that maybe that, you know this Malaysian studio could help out with. I don't know. But well, it's, it's I, Sony doesn't own Kina. No, they don't. But that's what I'm saying. That they're gonna get it, though. I'm saying that they're gonna acquire it, make an exclusive, buy the studio out, and we're gonna because uh, it's such a small studio. They would not cost much. I don't know, man. They they were making movies before they made games, so they may be worth more than you think. You think so? I have no idea. Do you remember what they were called? I was gonna look it up. I can't remember what that studio is called. They were really small, though. They they only had like fifteen people or something. That's why that game was so incredible. Like they were like a legit indie small studio. I don't know. I I wouldn't be surprised. But yeah. So, anyways, who knows what uh, PlayStation uh, PS Studios, sorry, Malaysia are working on? But they have announced that they are currently working on some stuff, and their staff appears to continuously grow larger and larger. And this next point of news doesn't affect me in any way whatsoever, and it's not a surprise, but there is a God of War Ragnarok bundle, PS5 coming, 11-9-22. Jake, do you have anything to say about this? Um, nope. I, I, I mean, good for the people that, you know, my understanding is that the, the, the bundle in PS5s for Horizon are the ones that are the most available right now. So it could be that by making one of these God of War bundles that it's going to provide the ability for more people to get PS5s. So 
cool. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And and like I, I got an invite. I got an official invite to get from PlayStation Direct to get myself a PS5 console, <laughs> finally. But I didn't pull the trigger. And I think that you're going to be able to just get on there and buy them. I mean, they're they're pretty available right now, even I think. Um. So and there's rumors that 2023 they're going to just be stocking stores with PS5s. I guess the the amount that they're making is just ridiculous. Of course they want to make them so they can sell them. So next news point, Jake, you've been watching or maybe you finished at this point uh, Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Yeah, and uh, apparently there's going to be a novel that's going to tie Edge Runners into the game. Um, the novel is going to be titled No Coincidence, and the story is going to be about four strangers, apparently, who seemingly end up working together or their paths cross in Night City and maybe on a big job or something. Who knows? There's not a whole lot of details about the the premise of the of the novel, but we see this more and more. There was an Uncharted novel. It wasn't a tie-in, but it had all the characters. There was um, – I'm pl- I'm uh, painting characters for that Cursed City board game, and they just Warhammer does this all the time. But they released a novel, more backstory for the setting and stuff. We had Tomb Raider comics, we had Last of Us comics, we had a we had a Division book. This isn't the first time, but uh, if you're a reader uh, and you like the cyberpunk stuff, there you go. Be a nice little Christmas gift. I don't know when it's going to release, but maybe before then, maybe not. I don't know. Um, that's kind of cool, uh, Jake. You did finish Edge Runners, right? Yeah, it was uh, real good. Although I'm going to be honest, it's the end is pretty fucking depressing. So yeah, um, if you guys are interested in it, just prepare yourself for that. But it is it is really good. I, I'm curious to see if they'll make another season of it. Yeah. All right. So the. Um, <clears throat> Most obvious thing happened. We knew that Gizmo from Gremlins was added to the lineup for Multiverses, which is a game we tried out, um, or at least I tried out. And uh, his his rival, Stripe, is being added. And I'm so glad this happened. What I wanted, though, was Gizmo to turn into a Gremlin in the game. But they, they didn't do that, as far as I know. So Stripe's getting added to Multiverses. So if you're a fan of Gremlins, these uh, this game, I don't know how it's doing right now. I know when it released, it did really well. So um, more power to them. Um, at least they have some properties that people are interested in like you know this is the right this is the right demographic to introduce something like that into a game i, I mean all of those things like with with doug and i don't know if doug was in it actually but um the different things like the batman and there, there are all kinds of cool characters uh man who else was in there powder toast man maybe was in there i believe the ren and stimpy character you're thinking of the nickelodeon game no maybe i do have them mixed up yeah because I, I fucking played that one and powder well, I played toast them man both. was in there Hold on. <laughs> Which one was multiverses? That's the one with like Scooby or Shaggy oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Batman, Batman yeah, yeah, yeah. Ba- Stark yep. and Batman and all that. Yes, you're right. Yeah, you're right. We had Velma from uh, Scooby-Doo, Tasmanian Devil, yep, Superman, all those things. You're right, yeah. The other one wasn't good. But uh, Stripe and uh, Gizmo are in multiverses now, so that's cool. And this is a Warner Brothers property, so obviously – yeah. All right, Jake. It's a good thing you're on the show because this would be a shit show 
literally and figuratively today because I'm just so worn out still. I probably am one of those people that have COVID and don't know it. Um, just my brain, maybe I got brain fog or something. I don't know. Hey, let's move on to the next one. Um, let me see here. We're almost through the notes here. And uh, there was a PlayStation firmware update. You may have already received it, but maybe you haven't. They made some upgrades to trophies and act- the activity cards. And uh, I I did notice when I powered up Darkest Dungeon and I pressed the home button that like it pulled up like a lot of trophies for that game in a way that like seemed better than I've ever seen it done before. But I guess I didn't tie it together with this being part of the firmware update, but I guess it was. So it was really convenient, actually. So I like these small quality of life improvements to the firmware. Sony's always done this for all of their consoles. They've always put this information, loaded the firmware up, sorry, and, and made things. They, I think they get a lot of user feedback, and they, I'm sure they have a whole team dedicated to just combing you know, freaking forums and stuff to try to figure out what people want with the firmware. They do those surveys all the time. You know, what are you using? What aren't you using? They're tracking the features. So they, uh, they at least pay attention. They don't like set it and forget it. You know, they, they always update this stuff. So that's nice. Um, anything on that, Jake, have you noticed a, a, a boon to your activity cards or trophies in your system when you, uh, access that stuff? No, to be honest with you, at this point, I just totally fucking blank out all of those activity cards. I couldn't tell you what a single one of them says mm. whenever I boot on my PlayStation. I literally turn on my PlayStation, go right to the game, and I don't look at a single one of them. Interesting. So it's entirely possible that they're they're different or saying stuff that I care about or whatever. But most of the time, I just completely ignore them. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, mine always seem to just pop up and I just kind of look, especially for now that we have this PlayStation loyalty program, I think you get points for earning trophies and stuff. So if you tie it to your account, so any easy ones, I'm going to try to pull off now. And, uh, the trophy list just pops right up. It was interesting. At least it did for me in darkest dungeon. Like I said, um, the last news point for the show, and then we'll let you guys get on with the rest of your week is uh, Mark Cerny has been working hand-in-hand with Haven Studios, and apparently they're trying to propel the ways in which games can be developed. Um, So think of it like a Google Doc where you see real-time edits as people do it. So they're trying to create a system where games can be developed in real-time in the cloud which seems so forward, like well, actually, it seems like like to a non-developer, it probably just seems like, well, yeah, why isn't that how it's done? Um, there's a lot more to it than that. But uh, if they succeed and they find a way to pull this off in a cohesive way, in a way that is uh, serves developing, um, could have some major positive ramifications for developers. But you know, it may also come with its own set of traps or trappings. Um, I don't. I don't know. I, I mean, it's like, do you want everyone working on something at the same time at once in the cloud to develop a game? I guess if you're very clear about what you need them to be working on, I guess I can see that works. But how does that work with? I mean, I would imagine debugging would be like a mess. You know, if everyone can have their hand in the pot at the same time making a game. Well, I'm sure they're not. I'm sure they're not like act like like. There's probably a situation where people aren't actively working on a build that's being debugged. It's probably like simply that 
everyone has access to everyone else's information at all times. So like it's almost more like a Dropbox thing than like a than like a than anything else where you know or maybe even something like a Google Doc like you're saying where somebody is editing the code on a particular build and somebody else can see that person editing and jump in and and make changes while they're communicating in real time or something like that. Like I, I don't I don't know that it's going to be I'm sure there's going to be like admin rights and stuff where people are going to have the ability to basically lock out sections of the of the project so that they can build do a test build or something like that. So Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. I mean this is one of those things that's like almost impossible for a layman to comprehend the value of. Yeah. So it, I I think that it's a it's its value to the news cycle is only that this type of technology along with uh AI and some other things may allow these big games that you love to be developed faster. That's the only that's the only point of the news that is that is something that people care about. Yeah, well, everything I, else is just like those are the positive show. ramifications for sure. But I just wonder, yeah. like, I mean, if it were easy to do, everyone would be doing this, right? If this were so, my 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 concern about them doing this cohesive thing is that it's gonna basically it's gonna allow more people to essentially work remote, which is fine. But we've already realized or found out since 2020 when people started doing more remote work that uh, leaks are a huge fucking problem now because people are just working on all this shit at their house yeah, or in the subway or in the park or wherever the fuck they're working on it. And so <laughs> park. On the tram. shit is just like leaking everywhere. So I don't know if if this has any sort of built-in – kind of containment for things like leaks. I don't even know how you really could because yeah. if somebody's working on it at home, it, nothing's going to prevent them from taking a picture of what they're working on with their phone and sure. emailing it to somebody to release it or something like that. So I don't know. And I just – I hate leaks a lot. So I, I don't mind you know, whenever – a project is being leaked like oh this company is working on game x or a manual that's not right that's not an offensive <laughs> leak what i'm mostly concerned about is these people that are just straight up dumping you know all the cinematics and story and gameplay and code of a game on the internet and potentially destroying a project which is yeah that's more of like a malicious kind of leak so but anyway, it's, the news point isn't really about leaks. I was just <clears> thinking that that could be the one negative about this type of technology is that is if it develop if it if it is including some kind of protection against sort of I don't know leaking or espionage or anything like that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. It is curious why no one else is trying to make this happen. I mean, it must be. Must be, and if it's going to take someone like Mark Cerny to get involved to make it happen, is also, you know, that guy's. A, it could very well be that people are trying it. They're just, brainiac. you know, not doing it, or they're using third party utilities or, or something. You know, most most, you know, someone that's not as big as a third party, or sorry, as a first party, is probably not going to want to put the time and resources and engineering into developing just a platform to use mm. to do work mm -hmm. when they could just buy one from a third party. Excuse me. So 
Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I don't know that, that that really makes a difference. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this. I had the new games coming out this um, – uh, it's the wrong list. There's there's not a new list set up. Actually, there there is. It, they just posted it. So they must post it on Sunday. Um, they posted this at 9 o'clock. I'll just read through it real quick. I have it here. New games for this week. This is per Push Square because this is the one I wanted to talk about the most. Um, so new games. Jeez, ah, sorry. My pen just broke on me. Is uh, We're going to start with October 18th, A Plague Tale Requiem on PS5. Notice there's not a PS4 version. Um, Ghostbusters, Spirit Unleashed, PS5, PS4, Life in Willowdale, Farm Adventures, PS5, PS4, Them's Fighting Herds, PS5 and PS4, October 20th, Betora, Lost Haven, PS5, PS4, Gas Station Simulator on PS4, Norco on PS5, PS4, and Tempest on PS5, PS4, and October 21st, Gotham Knights on PS5. Notice there's no PS4 like we mentioned earlier. Um, JoJo Siwa Worldwide Party, uh, who was also on Dancing with the Stars. That's how I know that name on PS4. Um, New Tales from Borderlands on PS5, PS4. I believe this is the um, the thing. Uh, who's the company that made the Walking Dead story games? Um, Telltale. Telltale, yeah. So New Tales from Borderlands, PS5, PS4. I don't know if this is a Telltale game. But it is like the Tales from Borderlands um, game. So that's coming out 21st. That's interesting. And then Persona 5 Royal on PS5. So pretty big released release week, actually. Um, I, I think the, the two big ones, the biggest ones, are the Gotham Knights and Plague Tale Requiem. And then I think, you know, the uh, Tales from Borderlands and Persona. Well, Persona 5 Royal is... How many Persona 5... Like, I don't understand Persona because I don't play the games... Persona 5 is out, right? So they're just talking mm-hmm. the PS5 version of it? I'm guessing that's what this is? Uh, well, Persona 5 and Persona 5 Royal are... Royal is just Persona 5 with, like, a bunch of extra content. Okay, see, sometimes... So, like, yeah, if you don't play the game, you don't know. All right. Because I could see that being, like, a sequel to Persona 5. Like, if you didn't know better. Like, they have, they have Final Fantasy 7 Intergrade. In Final Fantasy VII, right? Remake. So, like, those are essentially the same game. Integrate has a couple extra things to it. Um, but this is going to be on PS5. So those are the big ones, I suppose, I would think. So it's going to be a good release week, I think. There's not a bunch of garbage or trophyware shit in there, which is awesome. Yeah. So good deal. Um, so that's about all I have for the show today. Jake, it's been a pleasure talking video games with you this morning. And uh, again, we appreciate the listeners. Make sure you uh, write us if you have any feedback, anything you want to comment. We will get to it. And uh, don't forget, we got a Patreon. I don't want to sound like I'm pandering to everybody and begging, but um, you know, we do like to see those numbers grow a little bit. So thank you for everyone who's participating in the Patreon. And uh, we will be back next week. And then I believe the week after that will be our Halloween show. So we're going to talk about Jake and I's each our top five scary games. And uh, if you want to send in your top five scary games, we'll see if any of them match our lists. And uh, we'll bring that up when we talk about our own lists. Um, and then we'll have that review from Sean uh, in a couple weeks. So until then, get Hot Wheels Unleashed uh, downloaded. Start playing that. And uh, that's about all I've got. Jake, are you good? I think I'm good. Uh, do we have any games begin with the letter Z? Do you know any games begin with the letter Z?
because we're on Z on our closing, and I did not have time to do this. Um, I know Xenophobe was an awesome game for the arcade. Starts with an X. What's that? Starts with an X. Oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Man, I'm really coming off like a dunce today. Uh, my true colors Zen Pinball. Zen Pinball was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll just slowly go through it. So like Zen Pinball. We can't say Zelda. I'd want to say Zelda, but we can't. Zen Pinball. Um, give me a game with Z. Games with beginning with Z. Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. I'll just There's I'll, like three? I'll read them to you. I'll read them to you. There's like a shitload of All them. All right. Go ahead and just do, okay. do, just do the closing. Okay. So like Zen Pinball... <laughs> Zero Escape and Zombie. P.S. P.S. This is, this is awesome. Awesome.